0: its 27th year in January 2024. Find out our latest news at newsforthesoul.com.
1: And glitch of the day, show intros, missing all of them. So, next up, it's Conscious Parenting with Sandra and Family. Let's bring them on to reintroduce they're so themselves and what's up for today. Welcome back, guys. Thank you so much, Nicole, and happy February already. Woo-hoo, this year is flying by. So I want to welcome you, Conscious Parenting Show. I'm Sandra Jones Keller, Conscious Parenting Coach and Author. Joining me today are my husband, Thomas, and our 18-year-old daughter, Mecca. Say hello, guys. Hello.
2: Hi.
1: So we're broadcasting live on News for the Soul Radio. Email your questions to ontheair at telus.net or call in to 646-595-4274. Maybe you have questions about discipline or bedtime or tantrums. Whatever is on your mind, we'll do our very best to answer it. And today we're going to be discussing Lesson 12 Beliefs from my 21 Lessons to Empower the New Age Kid Workbook Follow along if you have the workbook. And if you don't, this awesome family resource can be purchased on Amazon. That's 21 Lessons to Empower the New Age Kid. You know, I love this workbook because it's easy to use and teaches your kids life skills that extend beyond the classroom. All right, so we're actually just going to jump right into it. Go ahead and email your questions to air at telus.net or call in to 646-595-4274. We'll be here for the next hour to answer your questions. All right, so, Thomas. Yes. What is a belief?
0: A belief is something that you accept as true or think exists. It could be a statement, an idea, a principle, or a thing. It is trust, faith, and confidence in someone or something.
1: So, like, what are some of the things that you believe? And a belief is Proven or unproven, because it's something that is true for us. So a couple of things that I believe are, I believe that people are fundamentally good, and I believe I have a divine purpose here on earth. What are a couple of things that you believe?
0: Mm, That's very interesting. I believe that people are fundamentally good as well, and given the opportunity, they certainly will do good and help other people.
1: What else? What else do you believe?
0: I believe that I... Definitely have a destiny to fulfill as I'm walking this path of life, and I almost, almost predetermined by my higher self.
1: I think so. Predetermined. That's an interesting way of putting it. You know. And so we're talking about this because beliefs are just critical to everything. So you believe life is hard, money doesn't grow on trees, or you'll never have friends, or ace that test, and. We're talking about this because your beliefs actually project out into the world and they're mirrored back to you. So, Thomas, why is it important to look at your beliefs?
0: Well, uh, it's the most essential thing to look at our thoughts and our thoughts combine together to make beliefs. So what we believe creates our life, our experiences, everything. What you truly believe is being mirrored or reflected back to you from the world, from the people closest to you in your life. Your life is an accumulation of your beliefs.
1: So do your beliefs support the life you want to live? I love this question. The kids, it's like, do do your beliefs support the life you want to live? And most people never think about that. And so, like, how would you know? Well, you may wonder, well, if you look around, are you happy and fulfilled, peaceful and joy-filled, or stressed and unhappy, friendless or lonely?
0: Remember, the quality and content content of your life is reflected back to you through your life experiences. Oftentimes you are unconscious. That is, not aware of thoughts that affect your actions and behaviors. Oftentimes you are unconscious about your beliefs. Once you identify and take responsibility for what you truly believe, you take responsibility for your... Some beliefs are easy to change. Maybe you think you don't like Brussels sprouts. Then you taste them again and love them. Or like me, you taste them four or five times and still don't like them. Some beliefs are hidden and difficult to uncover.
1: So in the workbook, each lesson actually has an exercise. So... The exercise is I invite you, parent, kids watching, the audience, I invite you to identify a belief that doesn't surface. I want you to be scientific. I want you to examine it and go beyond surface and narrow responses. If you feel stuck, look into your life and find something that causes you stress or discomfort to begin uncovering an unsupportive belief. And better yet, if you're willing, we'd love for you to call in or email in and share a belief you've discovered that doesn't support you. Yes. And let us know if you were surprised by what came up.
0: And we will help hopefully help <laughs> you change that and transform it so you're free.
1: And so we're broadcasting live on News for the Soul Radio. Email your questions to ontheair at telus.net or call in to 646-595. Four two seven four. So you may be wondering, what do beliefs have to do with conscious parenting? What do you think, Thomas?
0: <laughs> oh my God! If I'm a parent, which I am, they have everything to do with uh, parent conscious parenting. I know that you and I, before our daughter was even born, talked about the importance of not laying our subconscious beliefs, limiting beliefs, onto our daughter as she grew up. She's now 18 years old. Because we will create fears. Mm -hmm. We will come at her from a belief of fear Mm -hmm. that will cause that opportunity of fear to incur in her life if we're not mindful of it. Plus, we believe that she's a sentient and that she has her own life path to walk so that we keep our limiting beliefs Mm -hmm. out of her face, the more freedom she'll have to fulfill her life purpose.
2: Yes.
1: One thing I've seen, like over the years, is maybe I'm talking to a mom and I notice that they talk a lot about being anxious. Oh, my gosh, I've got anxiety. I'm so anxious about this. And then as their kid gets older, what happens? The kid starts talking about being anxious and anxiety. And they're taking this as, oh, there's something wrong with my kid, or this is just a natural progression, without realizing that they are anxious, they have a belief in anxiety, and now their kid is projecting that back to them. And so as a parent, I want to deal with my fears. You want an example
0: of exactly what you're saying? Sure. Go for it. We're going to cut right to the chase. (laughs) I love this program because I don't look until a day or two before the program what the topic's going to be because I want to see what my higher self has been delivering over the past few days. I just had the memory actually this morning about when I accused my daughter of being a minimalist in this way. I think it was in the kitchen. I saw her washing dishes or something, and I said, you do just the minimal to get by. Mm -hmm. That's what I now, let's be very clear, that is all my projection what she was doing is this, just what she was doing. And what was that? She I put the meaning dishes? on it. Huh? What was she doing, just washing dishes? Or? Yeah, just something like that, okay. washing the minimum amount of dishes. But my projection was that she was just doing stuff to get. And that was months ago I said that to her, but it's always stuck in the back of the my, my mind. Why did I say that? And today it just came up since everything is a mirror reflection of our own personal consciousness, I said that to her because I'm the one that had been doing the minimum mm-hmm. to get by. Mm-hmm. And so today I looked at my life and I started identifying a number of different areas where I had just done the minimum to get by. And I, I saw it as being a little too pervasive <laughs> for me to like it. And But the beauty of uncovering these limiting beliefs or using the mirror is that we then know just to forgive that energy in ourselves and then that whole energy will dissipate. We won't see it in our children anymore and we'll be free. We'll be free, they'll be free, and the whole world's a happier place.
1: Okay, so Mecca, I have a question for you because uh last night I remember you used the word minimalist yeah. again, um, and I had always used that term in relationship to things, like people, like a minimalist house would be you walk in and maybe they have a sofa, a chair, and a table, like, and nothing else. So Mm -hmm. just very minimal. Um, Or you're an artist, and so a minimalist painting would be something that's very sparse, I would think. Yeah, just
0: a circle on a page or a
1: square. Do you remember Daddy call asking you if you were a minimalist or actually accusing you of being a minimalist a couple of what did you say, months ago or weeks ago?
0: Maybe even a year ago.
2: Um, not really. But, like, I could see <laughs> that happening, but I don't remember the exact interaction.
0: <laughs> I don't want to, no more. I don't want any more follow-up on that. What do you mean you can see that happening?
2: Like <laughs> you accuse me of stuff all the time, like, where'd this thing go? I don't
1: know. Oh. Good one.
2: All right, That's enough about that. He's on Let's.
1: The couch. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. And so, when he asked you that, so I know you were saying that you don't remember, but how were you offended by him? Minimalist, or you're just willing to do the bare amount of something?
2: I wasn't offended. I was like I was washing dishes, apparently. So I was just doing
0: what I was doing. Now, I'm saying it's not about what the other person's doing. It's about what I projected the meaning onto what they were doing. It's part of my consciousness, not necessarily her consciousness. And it's my consciousness that needs cleaning up on that issue, not another person's consciousness.
1: what What I love is because Mecca didn't have any guilt about it or was not concerned, so she was not even disturbed by your comment because your comment had nothing to do with her. That's
0: so often the case.
1: Okay, so we're talking about mirroring and projection, and you actually have a book called The Mirror*. I do, which is about mirroring projection. So why don't you just say a little bit about your book, or really go into more detail about what mirroring and projection is?
0: My book entitled The Mirror, which is available on the Amazon, The Mirror, Thomas, is a simulation of trips to Egypt, study in Egyptianism. Was this one technique to where I see every in my little world, my wife, my child, my closest friends, as a reflection of my own consciousness, each each one of them. Some of the things they say or do, I'm going to like, and that's fine. That's a reflection of my consciousness. Some of the things they're going to say and do, I don't like, and that also is a reflection of my consciousness. So if I'm disturbed, by what a friend or my daughter or my wife is doing, it's my consciousness that is disturbed, and that 's where I need to go in and do my self forgiveness so that that energy will dissipate, and then we'll all be free, and I have more energy to live life and enjoy
1: free well, absolutely, because so this really is about freedom, and so when you think of conscious parenting, conscious parenting is freedom for you yeah, and it's Freedom for your kids. Yep. Because when I'm, or if I'm parenting from a certain belief that may or may not even be true, I'm going to be a certain way with my daughter. Mm-hmm.
2: Mecca, how do people reach us? You can email your questions to air at net, or call in at 646 595 Okay, and since you're already talking, Mecca, so
1: the topic is belief. So I want you to share a little bit about belief and how that impacts your life. For example, you just applied to college. And from what I hear, you know, a lot of kids apply to, I don't know, at least five colleges. I've heard someone that applied to twenty-six colleges. So, how many colleges did you apply to? Two. <laughs>
2: okay. And why did you only apply to two colleges? Well, I had I had a whole bunch of colleges on the list, and then I narrowed them down based on what I was looking for and the region, and then we went on a college tour. And then I narrowed it down even more because I got, you know, actually experience being on the campuses. And so it was, in the end, just two colleges that I really liked and to, like, actually see myself going to. Mm -hmm. And one had, like, a 30% acceptance rate, which is, you know, the one I got into. And then the other one had, like, Mm -hmm. an 80% acceptance rate. So I applied to both of them. And I didn't submit test scores, (laughs) which is, like, you know, a big thing into um, getting into colleges, but I didn't submit test scores. So I was running on full just belief in myself that I could get in, even though I didn't submit test scores. And I wrote essays. We filled out all the forms. So really, I just believed in myself. So I was like, I want to lose Florida, and I want to go – a good college that's, like, still close by, but not too Mm -hmm. far away. So Mm -hmm. it was just. So, and I I love that
1: when I shared that you had only applied to two colleges, I got some feedback from people, like, well, basically, is she crazy? You know, why only two colleges? But what I saw in you was a very clear intention and a very clear belief in yourself that you could attend the college of your choice and you actually were accepted into both colleges. And so that's what we're talking about, parents. We're talking about a belief, and so we instill a certain level of confidence and courage in our kids, and then we need to step back because your process to us looked a little crazy you know when we asked you what you liked about the school in Virginia and you said the architecture and we're thinking okay this kid is selecting a school based on architecture and it turns out it has everything that you wanted and so when you talk about belief it's like you believed in yourself we believed in you and then we had to step back and trust your process because it turned out that you selected the best school we feel for you.
0: Yeah, let me just chime in here. Okay. Uh, When I started, when we started this process last early summer of
2: uh, her, of our
0: daughter going through her selection process, I immediately wanted to jump in because I didn't see the criteria I was looking for. but I made myself stay out of it. I made myself trust Mm -hmm. her, her higher self, Mm -hmm. had this handled, and I did that. I stayed out of it in that way, and I watched her narrow it down to these two colleges, and one was, in my opinion, just a general college that accepts pretty much everybody, and the other one is a very high academic college, that accepts a very low percentage. And she got accepted by both colleges, and I was blown away by how how well she and her higher self Mm -hmm. had this whole thing handled because her interest or criteria was the clubs (laughs) and the architecture. Nothing about academics, but she is chosen and ended up going to the college Highly competitive academically. Academically is awesome. And it just blew my mind to be able to stand back and encourage her and watch her work this all out, and it's a great life lesson.
1: Okay, we have some questions. Trudy from Illinois. I have wanted to commit to homeschooling my 7- and 9-year-olds, but a belief that they'll be lacking or missing something important if I take them out of mainstream school blocks me from taking action. Any help would be great as I've been going back and forth on this for almost a year. Okay. This is a fabulous question, Trudy. And I'm going to start with Mecca answering this question. Mecca is 18 and has been homeschooled for her entire life. So, Mecca, did you hear the question about Trudy wanting to homeschool for 7- and 9 year olds but feels they'll be lacking or missing something? So... What is your take on homeschooling?
2: Personally, I like homeschooling. is why I never went to public school. Um, is she concerned? Well, I know she didn't say, but, like, usually it's a concern about the social aspect. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'd say there's a lot of co op There's a lot of online classes. There's a lot of homeschool groups. So if you're concerned about the social aspect, your kid will be fine because homeschoolers are very friendly. Like, I know there's a stereotype that they're not. Homeschools are really friendly and open to meeting new people and having a bunch of friends. So your kids are going to definitely make friends if you find a homeschool group that works for you.
1: And so do you feel like you missed out um, by not going to a public or private school, like a brick and mortar?
2: No. like. I don't like being around a lot of people anyway, so for me, I don't feel like I missed out, and like I don't like club sports, so <laughs> I don't need that social mm-hmm. interaction. So I don't, no, I don't feel like I missed out. And there's still like you know like a homeschool dance, so even if your kid can't go to like a prom at school, there's still dances, and like I'm going to you know the graduation, so there's still mm-hmm. a lot of things to do.
1: Thank you, Mecca. And Trudy from Illinois, what I would say is, you know, uh, Thomas and I decided to homeschool actually even before, like, I was pregnant. It was just one of those conversations we had. So I'm sure Mecca channeled that to us before she came through. Um, like I'm not coming through and yeah, exactly, Something like that. Um, and so our homeschooling, started from a conversation that said, okay, if we ever have a child, we're going to homeschool. And so when it was time for Mecca to start school, it wasn't even a question. It was something that we had committed to. I had never homeschooled before. I didn't know how to do it. But I had a belief and a faith in myself and in my family that this was the right choice for us and that I could work it out. And so along the way, I got creative. I met people. And what's funny is that anytime I started having any doubts about what I was creating for or how she was doing, I would hear a story or I would get confirmation from outside that I was definitely on track and that she was fine. So... You know, I'm a huge proponent of homeschooling because, you know, we created a education for her. Our, her education was based around her interests. It was based around critical thinking, uh, personal responsibility, um, self-awareness, and time management. And so she's been doing her homework and creating her own schedule since she was probably in middle school. So she has these skills that, you know, we feel are going to take her through college and be very prepared. Um, So when you talk about homeschooling, I just see there are so many advantages because she's getting one-on-one attention from you or from the co-op where she's not spending, she wasn't spending time in a classroom where there may be learning for 15 minutes and then the teacher is managing a lot of other stuff. So it's, it's one-on-one, it's very personalized, and it's very experiential. So that's what I have to say to Trudy from Illinois. What do you have to say, Thomas?
0: And I, I would say, Trudy, that every year we have asked our daughter if she mm-hmm. wanted to go to a school mm-hmm. and she chose to be homeschooled. And I will say, just from my own personal observation, there, there, are, there is a lot of support for mm-hmm. homeschoolers. A lot of clubs, organizations. There are a lot of teachers who drop out of the public and private school system because they're unhappy with the situation and become homeschool parents and and, and become homeschool teachers as parents. It's mm-hmm. absolutely amazing. And then, what was the final thing I wanted to say? Well, I don't remember, but I think you'll do great at it, Trudy, and you can always give your kids the option after Mm -hmm. they've done it a year or two or whatever you guys agree on because I have noticed in homeschoolers, just another observation is they are more diversified in how they dress and how they present themselves. It seems like most of the high schoolers all are kind of stamped out as a stereotype, But that's just an observation of mine. So I'm saying that to say there may be more freedom in homeschooling for your child to be their unique self.
1: And just one final thing, um, Trudy. Um, We have been on more field trips than the law allows, you know, in terms of homeschooling. And they changed as she got older, but we would go to the Children's Museum, uh, the Natural History Museum, the Science Museum, um, like the organizations in most towns have homeschool days, some of it 's like monthly, some of it may be quarterly, and so you can get a discount and or free you know so we 've gone to a lot of different venues that she may not have been able to experience because we were homeschoolers and because we got a discount or free um my book. Tips and Trips of Parenting a New Age Kid kind of chronicles our journey of homeschooling. Each of the sections starts with a homeschool section, Trudy. So that's Tips and Trips of Parenting a New Age Kid, and that's available on Amazon. Thank you so much, Trudy, for your question. You want to read the next one?
0: Yes, Lisa, Lisa in Boston. I would really like to change one of my core beliefs that being a single parent is so difficult as I seem to create that each day, and it is exhausting. Do either of you deal with that? I don't think any of us deal with that particular belief, but we I can speak for myself. I've certainly had other limiting beliefs that have been exhausting going on for years and years. So what would you like to say?
1: So we are not single parents because we've been fortunate enough to be on this journey together, so we are very grateful for that. Uh, but Lisa in Boston, that does not change the fact that our beliefs create our experience. And so if you believe something is going to be difficult or is so difficult, then you're sending that energy out into the universe, and the universe says, okay. You believe it's difficult? Then let me bring you difficult, because everything everything starts with a thought. The law of mentalism is the first law in the Kabbalion. Everything starts with a thought. And so where I would go with this is you recognize that it's a belief, that it's so difficult, and so then what do you do with that? You start forgiving it. I use a process called Ho'oponopono, which was brought into ancient times by uh, Dr. Hugh Lim. And you can look it up, Ellie and Dr. Lim. And so it's four simple phrases. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I love you. Thank you. And it goes in and it starts scrubbing and healing your inner child and looking at and erasing these memories that you have that are creating being a single parent is difficult. Um, And so I would start with the forgiveness work and then also, you know, like each day set an intention to have fun, to enjoy your parenting experience, and let that intention pull you into fun because right now, the intention or the belief that this is difficult is what's kind of guiding your life. And so it's going to take some discipline to start saying, okay, I get that I believe that. I'm going to forgive that. And I want, and I'm going to create something else. And so that something else could be parenting a son. I've got plenty of support. Um, I, you know, I am good at this, it's easy. So whatever it is that you want to create, start making those intentions. I remember that I had a belief that because I was a mom, I couldn't have my own life or I couldn't do what I wanted. And so that belief was a self-fulfilling prophecy. Uh, I felt like I couldn't start a business. I couldn't write a book. I couldn't do anything. Because I had this belief, and so once I was able to identify the belief, forgive the belief, and then start creating an intention that I can have it all, that's when life started changing, and I was able to write four books. I was able to start a coaching business, and I was able to start, you know, kind of doing things, but I had to change my belief. So, Lisa, I know that's different than being a single parent, but a belief is a belief, and our beliefs are creating our life like we started from.
0: Yes. Lisa, And, Lisa, I'd like to say that in your case, the belief is being a single parent is so difficult. And yet other people, they'll pick other things to be so difficult mm-hmm. and create that as difficult. So... Might I suggest something I'm doing for myself now um, is that I'll observe myself throughout the day and three, four, five o'clock, I might notice my body is getting tired or sore or something. Then I used to to wait for uh, my wife to love me before I feel better or my daughter, but then... uh, I've been thinking, well, how about if I supply the love to myself first and just mm-hmm. see what happens that way. And I've been using that in the afternoon when I used to feel this lull. And I tell you, it really does work, and I feel so much freer in not having to wait for somebody <laughs> else to feel loved and loving. And so just start with any little thing like that That's good. and give that a shot. I think it might be very beneficial.
1: Thank you, Lisa, in Boston. Let's see if we have any other questions.
2: Okay. Mecca, how do people reach us? They can email their questions to ontheair at telus.net or call in to 646-595-4274.
1: Okay, so we're going to continue talking about, um, but before I do, so Beliefs is Lesson 12 from the Twin Lessons to Empower the New Age Kid. And so some of the benefits of this workbook are your children will gain tools to help them regulate and ease stress and anxiety.
0: Topics will help them recognize their emotions and teach the power of their thoughts.
1: And this book taps into your child's intuitive nature and gives them language for what they already feel and know intuitively. And that,
0: that's very beneficial. Yeah, novices and experts can easily use it. Each lesson has facilitated the beginning of the section to assist you.
1: And this book shows kids how powerful they are through their thoughts and words.
0: Provides tools to navigate and succeed in the world.
1: And it fosters thinking outside of the box and encourages kids to think through ideals until they make sense to them. So That's 21 Lessons to Empower the New Age Kids.
0: And what it really provides is a door, an opening to begin conversations between you and your child so that you can get uh, see these insights about your child, what they're seeing, how they're feeling about the world, what their fears are, what their are mm-hmm confidence and love is, and that conversation will evolve over the years as you continue it. It's uh, really quite fascinating, and our our children are really quite intelligent.
1: Yeah, and, you know, in my other book, Tips and Trips of Parenting a New Age Kid, I don't have a store of beliefs, but what that book shows is how beliefs play out. So, for example, Called jackets are on sale and so i wanted to take my daughter to get a brand new coat because they were on sale at macy's and she she was like only seven or eight at the time and she clearly told me that i don't need a new coat i want boots i wasn't listening and so as parents sometimes we feel like we know best or we have our own agenda and we're not listening to our kids. And so how does that play out? When I have my own agenda, then I come up against a power struggle or it feels stressful or difficult because I'm trying to push my will onto my daughter. And, Thomas, how does it feel when someone tries to push their will onto you?
2: (laughs)
0: You know what? I automatically resist it mm-hmm. without even thinking about it because the energy is pushing, and so energy immediately becomes pushing back. There's even a Star Trek episode about this very thing.
1: I don't remember Star Trek. What is? It? Yeah,
0: they have. There's this thing in outer space. They can't identify it, but it's coming towards them. And as they put up their defenses, oh. it continues to come towards them. And <laughs> as they shoot torpedoes at it, it continues to. <laughs> come towards them, and then finally they decide to drop all of the shields and energy stuff, and the thing just dissipates and goes away eventually.
2: Oh, really? Yeah,
0: it's a great metaphysical story.
1: And so my belief, so if I believe that my child is my problem, or that they must do what I say or that I'm always right, then I'm going to parent from a certain space. Yes, I'm going to try to project my will onto them. Good and mark. then if they push back, then I label my child as difficult or uncooperative, which is what I did in the story about the jackets. because Mecca clearly told me that she was not interested in a jacket. I had my own agenda. I did not listen. So I'm pushing and trying to get her to be interested in these jackets, and she wasn't. And so I finally just threw up my hands, tried to make a big scene of, oh, my gosh, if you're not going to pay attention, then we're leaving. And she was like, okay, fine. And I finally got that. she said, like hours before, that she didn't need that. And so I was, in my mind, labeling her as difficult. I felt she was being very uncooperative because I had an agenda and she was not falling in line with my agenda. And so has anyone out there had any experience with that? Mm -hmm. Come on, let's own up. Because we're talking about conscious parenting, and conscious parenting is not about being perfect or not making mistakes. It's about when I do make a mistake, I own up to it. I see my daughter as a conscious, intelligent being with her own life purpose, and when I remember that, then I treat her differently than I would if I felt like she was here to serve me or she was here because I wanted to be a mom. So it's nothing like that. So I feel my purpose as her mother is to guide her, to be a way show her, to open up opportunities to support her in her vision. Because too many times I see parents, with their vision of their life, they're projecting that onto their kids, mm-hmm. and then what
0: happens? It just becomes a mess. The kids don't like it and don't even know words often mm-hmm. to use about it, but the energy is, I uh, you know, I don't like this, and you automatically just resist. Um, mm-hmm. When they tried to make me take piano lessons as a child, I wasn't interested, and it got ugly. and And... It because I resisted so much, but uh, I ended up playing music for ten years professionally. After that, when I did love it, mm-hmm. so you know, I can only suggest that be very careful about running personal agendas and unfulfilled desires mm-hmm. onto our kid children. Have their own life purpose to live out. We're we'll either support and love them and help them with that or we're going to cause trouble and delay the process.
1: Because either way, you know, they're going to push. They're going to push back, and they're pushing back because it's an internal impulse and connection that they have. Like the the new-age kids that I've noticed are far more attuned and aware and connected to their higher self, to the universe. So they may not call it God or they may not call it but there's an awareness and a confidence that I've seen in this generation that is very different from when I – and so when parents
2: are trying
1: to – paradigm, do as I say, you know, speak when you're spoken to, um, my way or the highway, you know, there's, there's an endless list phrases. It it just doesn't – I don't even think it feels good energetically as a parent because I know that when I'm pushing my agenda, it doesn't feel good. And then my daughter just pushes back or just ignores because it's like she can tell I'm running my own agenda, and so it becomes a mess. And then, you know, you start labeling your kid as unco I have a
0: question for you.
1: What's the question?
0: Why do you want to talk about bullying?
1: Because I think beliefs are the foundation of creating a powerful life. Because, you know, I talked about the law of mentalism. Mm -hmm. Everything starts with a thought.
0: Right. And belief is nothing more than thoughts coming together and then going unquestioned after it turns into a belief.
1: And so when I believe something, whether proven or unproven, I'm operating as if it's true and then I'm projecting that out into the world and then it's being mirrored back. Mm-hmm. And but and so I want to know beliefs because if someone is not aware that their thoughts are actually creating and manifesting their lives, then they could feel like they're a victim to the world.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But the victim starts within me and then I – Projected out just like in your book,
2: mm-hmm. the mirror. Right. You
1: know, it all starts here. I project it out into the world, i.e., my spouse, my children, and then it comes back. We have another question from Beth in New York.
0: When you homeschool, do you have to teach math and science class and each class a curriculum just like the school, and how do how to do that?
1: Uh,
0: great <laughs> question.
1: So Beth, it depends on how old your child is.
0: So. Well, we, first off, address the the first question. Do you teach like it? How do you teach?
1: So. Do you teach was,
0: like it's a high school academics.
1: Well, that's why I was I was dividing it up because before high school, no one cared about our grades.
0: Mm-hmm, okay. So
1: that's why I was dividing it up because when they reach high school, if they're thinking about or planning on going to college there are certain classes that are required to graduate.
0: Mm-hmm. So that's
1: why I was breaking it up. Okay.
0: Makes um, sense.
1: Yeah. But, you know, from kindergarten up through junior high, I made up the curriculum. Um, my daughter liked workbooks. So we got workbooks like uh, Complete Curriculum and Brain Quest. Um, I got very creative. Um we did a history, going through history with Dr. Who that I found online. Uh, let me see. If, Mecca, do you remember some of the stuff that we did uh, before you got into high school? We can't hear you if you're muted. Okay. I guess you would mute it. Um, but I was very creative in the things, and I followed her interests. So if she expressed an interest in something around science, and I would find a science. At one point, she was very interested in Legos. So she was part of a Lego club. And Legos are actually excellent playthings because they're like engineering and they're creative and they're building. Um, what have any phone wasn't working? No, it wasn't needed. Oh, OK. We, just, we couldn't hear you then. So we're talking about, do you have to teach? I was asking. Um, before high things that we did um, for you to learn. I know like I talked about. You like workbooks. And what field, you trip. Lots of, field trips, Lost field trips, Doctor
2: Who, um,
1: a, lot. a lot. Yeah, so so there's a there's I mean, Beth, as a homeschooler, you create your curriculum. So every family, you can take a hundred families place them in the room, ask them about homeschooling, and you can get 100 completely different answers. Because you've got homeschooling, you've got something called unschooling, and then you've got a variation of things in between. So before, while she was in middle school and below, to teach math and science. And so even for me, even though it was homeschooling, I I led her to make sure that she had the skill that she would need if she wanted to go to college. So that was always in the back of my mind. And then you've got some people that unschool. Do you know, what do you know about, do you know anyone that
2: unschools? I don't know.
1: So unschooling is where it's definitely student-led. There's some, like there's, maybe they spend a lot of time outdoors. They, um, may, you know, they may cover the basic subjects, and then they make up a lot of stuff. Um, But for us, when she got into high school, because I knew that she wanted to go to college, then we geared her education to being able to go to college. And so then she did the uh, online school, which taught the basics, and then we still did a co-op. And so how do you figure it out? You talk to people. There's so many. Join a
0: homeschooling re-
1: club. You join a homeschooling club. There's um like we're in Florida. There's the Florida Parent Educators Association. Um, there's a there, that's a statewide organization. There's other resources. So there's statewide resources. There's local county resources. There's a ton of Facebook groups. Um, like when we got ready to apply to college, I joined a college confidence group on Facebook. So there's a lot of resources out there, and your curriculum will fit your family. And you figure it out by talking to your kids, by following their kids, by being innovative and creative. Some people use a a full curriculum, and we never did because Mecca liked workbooks and stuff so I hope that answers your question yeah Beth
0: I would say if you join a homeschooling group you're going to find tremendous resources Mm -hmm. we met our uh, science teacher with a master's degree who uh, dropped out to homeschool their children and their daughter's the same age as ours Mm -hmm. so she's been teaching for a long time to my daughter And then uh, I think Lindsay is an English master, Mm -hmm. dropped out of the school system to homeschool. So there's there's just so many different resources. And the beauty of it is you get to make it up with your child and see where they excel and how how they work. And they learn a lot more responsibility Mm -hmm. earlier in life because they're responsible for getting their homework done.
1: And it's... You know, I think it's more interesting, too, because they're, you're working with them. I mean, I remember when Mecca was learning to write, and we did the Doctor Who um, curriculum that I found online. We would watch an episode of Doctor Who, and then there was questions, and then she would have to do an essay. And we would talk about her essay, and she would revise her essay for, you know, looking at mastery. So it wasn't about just turning in homework. It was, okay, why is this not working? What's your theme? What's the topic? What's the structure? And so we would sit down for hours talking about how to write an essay, uh, critical thinking. When we did astronomy, uh, we did um, a curriculum from a teacher. And then after that, I found something, on master class from uh, Dr. Nilda DeGrasse,
2: Tyson. Nilda
1: DeGrasse Tyson on critical thinking. And so for the last part of that co-op, we did his critical thinking exercises, which were just phenomenal. We went through his class. And so you, you can have fun with it. And, you know, we did a lot, a lot of field trips that we did with our homeschool co-op and on our own. So there's just a bevy of resources for you, Beth, in New York. And, you know, you just a commitment. And then from there, you just kind of figure it out. Thank you, Beth, in New York. Anything else, Thomas?
0: Yeah, a lot of our homeschooling has happened organically and trusting that the right people show up at the right time, which is part of conscious parenting. And by golly, by gosh, they certainly have without our searching too hard. And then there's tons of... Uh, teachers from school systems who tutor.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I did run up against um, some math stuff. You know, I just I went out and found a tutor to support her. So just like if she was in school, um, we did tutor. So let's see. Nicole is suggesting that we do more on homeschooling. Yeah, homeschooling is one of the biggest, I hate to call it a trend, because we've been doing it for 15 years, your whole life, so it's, you know, it's us. But it's become very popular because there's a lot of things going on in the school system.
0: That parents and and kids
1: don't want to be a part of. Yeah, and people, you know, want to direct their child's education in a way that they feel supports their family. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why we did it. So each year we would ask you, Mecca, if you wanted to homeschool. And actually I thought at one point you might say no. So why did you want to continue homeschooling?
2: Which one did you think I did?
1: I don't know. You know, I don't know. Why? So why did you keep saying yes that you wanted to homeschool?
2: Because uh, I love the independence and the freedom of it. And I didn't need school for seven hours, or like wake up and go or deal with all the people and all the drama. I go on field trips too. There's like more variety. Yeah. Yeah, and it just it works. It suits
1: your personality, I think. And so can you talk about were there any drawbacks to being homeschooled? Because you, um, what I loved about you is, like, if you saw, we found some camps for you or you would go outside the homeschool group. So what was your experience when you, like, did the ice skating camp or when you did camp, the uh, camp for science camp, and you were the only homeschooler? What was your experience like for that?
2: I'm... They don't, they can't tell I'm a homeschooler. (laughs) Like, unless I tell people, they don't know. So your kid's probably not going to stand out, but they're not going to be, like, made fun of because they're homeschooled. They're just going to, like, get asked weird questions, like, so do you stay in your pajamas all day? Um, But otherwise, like, it's fine, you know. I get meet new people and different subjects and
1: topics. That's it. Um, yeah. Okay. So do you feel that you missed out on anything not being in
2: school? No.
1: Well, <laughs>
0: schooling information. That seems to be a common theme.
1: Homeschooling information. Um you can start with your county so whatever state you're in, there's going to be uh, someone in the county that has the requirements for homeschooling. So you can start with your county. Um, go online. Like Facebook is a great resource for that. You go online and you type in your area and find a homeschool co-op or just a group where that meets and they do field trips together or they may do art. Like you taught. An art class for our homeschool co-op years a ago. A couple of them, yes. Mm-hmm. And so, as a parent, if you have a skill, like we went to a sewing class. One, some one lady taught sewing. You did art.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, start on Facebook. Reach out to the county. Uh, reach out to the state. There's going to be a state organization that has homeschooling information. Like in Florida, it's Florida Parent Educators Association, and then there's another major school organization. And they, the good thing about those kinds of groups is they have like the laws and the requirements and all of the legal stuff that you may have a question about. And then they also have supportive stuff. So like we have, we're, she's going to participate in a homeschool graduation. So we get to do that. There's other groups that, have homeschool proms homeschool dances so it's very popular and there's a lot of resources to support not only your children but you as a parent um so i would just i would start there and have fun with homeschool. have fun with it
0: uh, you know like anything it's a belief if you think homeschooling is going to be difficult it will if you think it's going to be fun and give you a closer relationship to your child, it will.
1: Absolutely. Okay, so just real quick before we wind down, I have two workshops to support you on your conscious parenting journey, Passionate Parenting in This New Age, Three Mistakes Even Conscious Parents Make That Create st- Power struggles, Stress, and Anxiety, and How to Avoid Them. And this virtual workshop is perfect for parents looking to reduce power struggle, stress, and anxiety with their tweens and teens. And you'll also learn tools to foster more peace, passion, cooperation, and reignite your joy in parenting. And in DIY Mindfulness for tweens and teens, students learn practical mindfulness concepts for everyday life. Topics will help them recognize and manage their emotions and teach the power of their thoughts. They'll also gain tools to help them regulate and ease stress and anxiety. And both of these virtual workshops are self-guided so that you can do them at the time and pace that works for you. Go to my website, SandraJonesKeller.com, on the courses page, and register for these life-changing classes. So we've come to the end of our show. Thank you so much for joining us and for the wonderful questions today. And thank you, Thomas and Mecca, for being here. The Conscious Parenting Show is live the second Friday of each month at 6 p.m. Eastern here on News for the Soul Radio. Please visit the News for the Soul archives for more enlightening shows. This was our 22nd show. So you've got 20 more, sh- one, 21 more shows to catch up on. That's it for tonight. Have a wonderful day and happy parenting.